Welcome to Can I Kick It, everybody. My name is Emilio Diaz, and this is a podcast about film festivals. Today we'll be talking, just trying to wrap up some of the stuff from Sundance that is currently still going on, but most of the, the big premieres have already happened. Today I'm joined, as always, by my guests, starting with Andy Germuga. Andy Germuga. Oh. And Colin, Colin Ashley. <laughs> and Jesse Weber. Clearly practiced. So, any. We are professionals. Yeah. Podcasting professionals, mm-hmm. indeed. So, as I said before, we're going to be talking about some of the stuff that happened at Sundance. We're going to be talking about the big premieres, the flops, the buys, the sales, some of the reactions by critics who got to see a lot of these movies. The Jesse, do you want to start it off with any thoughts you have? Any movies you want to talk about? Well, first, I think we're going to talk a little bit of news that uh, we haven't gotten to yet. Uh, a couple weeks ago, the three major European film festivals... Uh, in order by date, that's Berlin in February, uh, Cannes in May, and Venice at the end of August, beginning of September. Uh, they all announced their jury presidents within about a week, which is slightly unusual, though Venice is often early and Berlin is often late. Uh, and those three presidents are Jeremy Irons for Berlin, Spike Lee for Cannes, and Kate Blanchett for Venice. So does anyone have any thoughts there? Um, I, I wonder one time what ate dinner at a table next to Jeremy Irons. Is that right? Yeah. Seemed like a cool guy. Seemed I- like a nice guy. Uh, yeah, my, my mom was also with me, and she was uh, very excited that we had dinner, quote, with Jeremy Irons, unquote. Mm-hmm. Ozymandias himself. Spoilers. I'm excited to so see. Not at that point, I'm sure. What this year's Joker will be. <laughs> what will win the Golden Lion. This year's Joker. Yeah. The, the best movie at the lion. fest is what you mean, right? Yeah, of course. <laughs> it won. That means it's the best. Yeah, yeah. and that's... That's just science. That's just math. Um, Kate was president at Cannes a couple of years ago, right? Was it seventeen? She 18? was. It was, uh, yeah, like seventeen, eighteen. That was that is the correct. square year. Was it? Yeah. Okay. So I guess I mean that could be an indication of I don't. I believe it was the shoplifters year, so mm-hmm. that's twenty eighteen. Okay. Oh yeah. Oh, that's right, yeah. That was considered to be a pretty good year, even though they snubbed Burning. Yeah. That's that's true, but, you know, Shoplifter's a good movie, I guess, if, like... If... Yeah, definitely. Like, every year, there's going to be some high-profile snubs. Yeah, there's always yeah. some stuff that is too up there and out there for an entire jury, but I don't know. She seems like a person with decent taste. They'll probably make some push towards diversity and getting more female fin- films in there, which is good. I believe she tried to make a similar push and statement that when she was president at Cannes. And about Spike... Yeah, and I think that... Oh, no, you go ahead. My bad. I, I think that, that, that... So, all of the festivals at this point have... They all signed a uh, thing saying that they would aspire to uh, have a 50% uh, women-directed lineup 
by 2020. I don't think that's going to happen. We'll talk next week about uh, Berlin, where that didn't happen, and about uh, Carlos Chatrian's remarks with regards to that. But I think Venice is the festival that's had the most trouble with that because they are really trying to go for uh, big Oscar movies and unfortunately uh, big Oscar movies do not tend to be directed by women. Hopefully, maybe that will change a little bit over the next few years too. Yeah, I mean... Yeah. As we'll talk about later in the Sundance section, it was a good Sundance for female-directed films and female-led fil- yeah, movies. So some film festivals certainly are making that push in a better way. About Spike, I don't know. He probably has interesting tastes. I don't know. He's kind of a hard guy to pin down. I don't know how to feel. I mean, I am excited to see whatever yeah. he picks. I just... Yeah, I mean, like, he, he teaches his class at uh, NYU. He's certainly extremely knowledgeable. His his taste is not necessarily as interesting and out there as you might hope for, but, uh, you know, that's rarely going to happen. Yeah, I trust that, I don't know, if, he, if he's presented with something interesting, he would probably, he would maybe enjoy it. I don't know. We'll talk soon maybe yeah, not this guess... week about the stuff that might be in the lineup which is like where you could then speculate more but right yeah i'll say the the real obvious one is that uh, apparently chloe Zhao was his student at nyu and uh her new movie nomadland i would say is fairly likely to be in competition uh, but yeah i mean like the the kind of stereotype is that like uh, a boring bad director gives you great winners and a really exciting director is likely to give you uh, really unexciting winners like uh, I guess uh, examples of that would be like uh, the Tim Burton jury in 2010 awarded Uncle Boon Me who can recall his past lives Whereas the George Miller jury in 2016, right off of uh, Mad Max Fury Road, awarded Ken Loach his second Palme d'Or for uh, I, Daniel Blake. Yeah. Right. I guess that's interesting. One, one Dude, I, this is... You go ahead, Ed. Yeah, something something I have a question I don't, I don't know about. Uh, do the jur- the presidents of the jury have any say in who the other jurors are, or is it all like the film festivals themselves? I don't, I don't believe they do. I believe that's all the film festival, and that is the kind of one small way in which they have recently reached gender parity, which is, you know, it's not a huge thing. I think one good thing about that is that it has. Uh, made it a little bit more likely for female-led films to be recognized Mm -hmm. or female-directed films. Yeah, it certainly helps those movies uh, get, like, top-level praise and awards, even if there aren't as many of them there. Yeah, like that uh, festival, the uh, Cannes in 2018, where uh, Kate Blanchett was the president, there were only three movies directed by women in competition, but 
two of them did receive prizes. Uh, Nadine Labaki got the jury prize for Capernaum, and Alice Rohrwacher tied with uh, Jafar Panahi for best screenplay for Happy as Lazaro. Though I think that was that was considered a year where perhaps Rohrwacher was one of the front runners for the Palm. Uh, no woman has solely won the palm. Uh, Jane Campion tied with I can't recall who. Uh, not not as memorable a film for the piano. And so yeah, that's something that perhaps could also change this year. Yeah, I mean, here's to hoping. Yeah, and just just for a little background, in case anyone doesn't know, uh, these the three top awards at this festival's uh, Berlin Awards, the Golden Bear, uh, Cannes Awards, the Golden Palm, which is usually referred to as the Palme d'Or in French, and then Venice Awards, the Golden Lion, which of course went to Joker last year with Lucrezia Martel's jury. Perhaps another example of uh, the most interesting director <laughs> does not award the most interesting film. Joker won, and I believe their equivalent of the Grand Prix, like the second place prize, went to the Polanski movie. <laughs> yeah, that's accurate. I believe it's also called the Grand Prix there. Yeah, not, not, not great. Hey. Um, yeah. When you go Although, to Europe, of course, you're gonna do the real the real tragedy is that Joker never put uh, their laurel up in front of the movie, which they should have. They had yes. time before it released, but they did not. Yeah, yes. I agree. That's I mean, the, the one problem. Rumor... <laughs> not gonna like show off the awards that the man gave it. It's the Joker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the rumor, and I'm not sure if I believe this, but. In order to kind of uh, make Lucrecia Martel look a little better, the rumor that I heard is that uh, the rest of the jury wanted to give the Golden Lion to Roman Polanski, and she said, no, absolutely not, we can't do that, you guys can have Joker. (laughs) I mean, all things being equal. uh, I guess is a little better. Yeah. So, and he, I mean, Jeremy Irons will be talking about Berlin soon. We'll talk about him and what movies will be there like some other week. Next week, probably, right? So, yeah, probably next week. I'll speculate more next week. Jeremy Irons, cool dude, has been in in some Cronenberg movies. He's, he maybe has good taste. Who knows? Yeah. He was also in Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice. So, who knows? Last year it was Juliet Binoche. The no sh- mm-hmm. What what yeah. won the synonyms Golden Bear last year? Was it it was synonyms, right? Oh boy, That's a was it question. synonyms? I believe so. I don't think so. Um, the 69th International. Uh, oh, it was synonyms. The 69th International Berlin. Yeah, film people festival. like that movie. That seems like a good, decent enough winner. Yeah, yeah, I. Uh, I missed it on its initial run, but it's coming back for a couple of screenings at AFI uh, in the next month or two. I will certainly catch it then. Cool. 
Golden yeah. Bear has a decent track record. Yeah, I mean, all of these awards have many times gone to very good movies. <laughs> and also many times gone to forgettable movies. Just like any award ever. But, you know. Yep. Yeah. Cool. So, Jesse, do you want to move on to the next part? Yeah, so we're just going to wrap up Sundance, go through a lot of the same movies that we talked about, uh, hopefully bring up some new ones, and then we'll wrap up. So, let's just start. What is everyone most excited about? Uh out of Sundance now that pretty much all the movies have been seen. Uh, should I start? Okay, yeah, go ahead. so one thing that I'm very excited about is that I recently, after this week and after hearing praise for this movie, I sat down and watched Camera Person, which was Kristen Johnson's first feature documentary, which is mostly like B-roll of footage of she was a documentary... Uh, uh, cinematographer so she had a bunch of b-roll from moments of her life and all the documentaries that she shot and she edited it together to make this like big expanse like not big I guess it's like in a, a pretty decent like wide-spanning documentary about her life and what making documentaries is like and this year at Sundance she made a film called Dick Johnson is Dead which is about her father who is dealing with dementia and it seems to be about it seems to be a lot of recreations well not recreate it's hard to describe it like it's like them shooting a bunch of ways in which he could die and it, it being like slightly comedic slightly yes. emotional skits in that sense and just like her trying to process her her father's upcoming death which seems like a big topic at this year at Sundance which is like dementia and dealing with the death of older people but this one I don't know this one seems interesting I like a goofier weirder documentary I always like when that happens I, I find the concept interesting and it's been certainly getting some praise from a lot of places yeah absolutely anybody else got something to say uh, I'd like to go last yeah that one, uh, I mean, yeah, as far as that, uh, I, I do think that press still is like that they have for that movie is, you know, very uh, yes. striking. Striking. Um, uh, it, it sort of sells it uh, as potential, potentially wacky, um, which I think is interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I did read a brief interview with Kristen Johnson where she talks about the process of making it. And at one point. They, they, she gets asked the question of like well how did you pitch that to your dad like having to make a movie about him dying so many times and she described it as like well he was a fan of like Monty Python and British comedies like that so he kind of got the concept and rolled with it so and I'm down with something Monty Python-esque some sort of absurdist humor sure, sure. it's apparently doing a free screening at the end of the week so I don't know. Maybe that signals mm -hmm. that it might win the documentary award. That it has some buzz. It is playing in the documentary mm -hmm. competition. Yeah. One one interesting thing about uh, Kirsten Johnston. So Johnson. So this film is in just the regular U.S. documentary competition. Uh, 
her previous film, Camera Person, was actually in the New Frontiers program, which we did not talk about at all last week. Uh, that's primarily a program for, like, emerging media, experimental pieces, uh, art installations, performance pieces, but uh, usually there's, like, one one or two kind of just feature movies in there uh and camera person was one of them in its year so uh in some ways because of being placed that specifically it might stand out a little more but uh being in the documentary competition of course gives it the opportunity to win a prize though there are plenty of other uh crowd-pleasing documentaries that we can maybe talk about it a little later. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, camera person premiered at that like smaller sidebar, but it like won a bunch of awards. Was certainly buzzed about. So excited to see her just yeah, like absolutely. raise her profile. Anybody else got what? Andy, what movie did, are you most excited for? Um. Well, I guess yeah. Maybe the thing that like. I uh, heard that, like, really was like, oh, that movie, like, maybe has more uh, for me than I had uh, initially uh, expected uh, is um, uh, Trust, the uh, the Michael Keaton uh, movie um, about the 9-11, like, Victims Fund. Uh, I was, I sort of was like, well, that's, you know, that could be interesting, that could be good. Uh, but then, you know, after it screened, we got all sorts of people, like, raving about Stanley Tucci, which is always exciting to hear that, like, Stanley Tucci has a standout role. Um, I uh, I also heard that there's a lot of, like, an excellent opportunity to see, like, lots of different actors going for it in that in that movie. And that's always something I'm really looking for in, like, a showcase uh, uh, of, uh, of that sort, where it's, like, a procedural of uh, considering, like, a serious topic, but also... Um, uh, just giving all sorts of opportunities for like all sorts of actors to uh, to, to showcase. Uh, I particularly Richard Lawson. Uh, I read his review. Who and he was like a little mixed on the movie, but he was like all these performances are really exciting. And he singled out Laura Benanti, uh, who is one of my favorite uh, actresses. I've seen her perform. She's primarily a, a, a stage actress. I've seen her perform uh, at least a half dozen times in my life. Uh, I think she's an incredible talent. Uh, and, and a movie that gives her a chance to uh, to showcase is is very exciting to me. So yeah, just a big like sprawling ensemble uh, dealing with you know serious, perhaps uh, little uh, unfun themes, but but lo- watching like lots of actors really dig in uh, does seem like my sort of thing, uh, you know. And and that um, who's, what's the name of the director? Do you remember Jesse who directed? Uh, Sarah Colangelo. Right, yeah, she who directed uh, Kindergarten Teacher, uh, which I did, I, I did see that movie, and I thought that movie was 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 interesting, uh, and 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 uh, and this one was also you know part of the the theme of um, of, of of the female directing uh, movies, female directed movies being sort of the standouts this year in, in certain many aspects. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I would like to clarify. I believe you said the movie was called Trust. It is actually called Worth. Worth, excuse yeah, me, I'm sorry. You should check out Worth. Yeah, seems good. I like. Maybe also trust. Maybe also check out uh, Hal Hartley's Trust, <laughs> or 
Danny Boyle's uh, TV show Trust. <laughs> That's, sure. Um, maybe the, you, all the money in the world. Maybe you should What's just name? speak to your spouse and trust them. You know, we should, we yes, all... I do fully endorse the concept of trusting other humans. That's what I was thinking of. I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. he just you trust that'll be a good movie. Am I right? Am I right? I do. And this is a movie that is still seeking distribution. Uh, I believe I mentioned a couple of weeks ago that uh, Sarah Colangelo's previous movie, The Kindergarten Teacher, was uh, distributed by Netflix. Uh, that perhaps if they're looking to pick anything up, anything else up, this might be it. But they kind of came into the festival with with a lot. So, you know, this seems like it could be... Also, an Amazon, a Searchlight, maybe wouldn't be one of those uh, studios' major releases, but could be a, a solid little yeah, hit. A lot of white people talking. Sony Pictures Classic could be hit up. You don't know. Sure. Yeah, certainly. Um, you think the the aforementioned Dick Johnson is Dead is a Netflix movie, but it came into the festival through Netflix, which yeah had a big yes. presence there. Just mm-hmm. movies they brought there. What about you, Colin? What are you excited about? There's um, a bunch I mentioned on that uh, first episode a few weeks ago that I'm still, like, my hype hasn't really died down for Shirley or Zola. Um, Possessor, I think I'm even more hyped for now that there's more details about it, which was the Brandon Cronenberg movie um, with Andrea Riceborough and Jennifer Jason Lee and Christopher Abbott, where... Andrea Riceboro works for a company that assassinates people by putting their consciousness into people and their targets' lives, and that's how she enters or she enters through Christopher Abbott to assassinate people that I believe it hits his fiance and her father. Uh, and there's just people talking about that it's apparently insanely gory and creepy and intense, which you would expect from. The spawn of Cronenberg, uh, but yeah, it sounds awesome. Uh, and also, I don't know uh, if we said much about it on the first episode. I'm sure we did, and I just don't remember it. Um, but Minari uh, mm-hmm. is got a lot of hype out of the festival and uh, looks great or sounds great rather. The yes. um, there's a standout there's kid one, in it, which is always exciting to hear. Uh, a standout kid who. Hopefully, for not just the basis of comparisons that you would draw between these two movies, is getting compared to uh, the character of Yang Yang from one of my favorite movies, Yi Yi. Uh, Jonathan Chang is the actor's name in Yi Yi. Alan S. Kim is the actor's name of the child in Minari. Um, if it's, you know. <laughs> It's obvious that a movie like that's going to get compared to other movies like that. Unfortunately, people also comparing it to Parasite, which I don't think it has anything to do with it either, each other, other than that it stars Koreans. Well, but I think the, perhaps the main basis for that comparison, other than that, is that the little boy showed up to the premiere wearing a cowboy suit. Sure. Yeah. I th- yeah, but I mean, it's just, you know, it's a thing that is happens you know a lot with these movies it's like oh it's the best thing since other movie with these people and it's like yes you know yep. an unfortunate thing that happens yeah, but right. still it seems great yeah i mean more qualitative comparisons i've seen it's like 
some people comparing it to the like Truffaut movies, like stuff like the Four Hundred Blows, right. which is like obviously like very, very lofty aspirations. But like, I mean, the Four Hundred Blows is maybe one of my fifty favorite movies of all time, so that's exciting to see. Mm-hmm. Some people, a lot of people, comparing it to Only Yesterday, the Isao Takahata animated film. So it's like stuff like yeah. that it seems to be about a family, seems to be very memory based. Like very relationship based in it. I mean, who doesn't like All that? All sweet spots for me. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the affirmation yeah. "ye ye" is like also like that. This seems like. I more. believe uh, Jordan Hoffman tweeted after seeing it. Uh, Rarely do I see a movie and think Truffaut couldn't have done it any better. Which is high praise. Yeah. Extremely high praise. I'll say another one that. Uh, I was mildly excited for, uh, and I'm now even more excited for, is the Josh Rubin movie, Scare Me. Uh, It seems to be the consensus that it's just like a lot of fun and get some great performances out of Josh Rubin, and especially Aya Cash, and uh, it's being put out by Shudder later this year, so that'll be fun. Wonder if they'll get it into any theaters. If they'll get, uh, I assume they don't have a theatrical distribution wing. But if they'll partner with someone, I was thinking that seemed like uh, maybe an IFC Midnight kind of thing, as well as Possessor. Um, didn't Shutter put out Mandy? Did they? I could be wrong. Uh, sorry. It looks like they were involved with it. Yeah. So yeah, all right, cool. And I think IFC was did do the uh, the theatrical release for that. And um, one cut of the dead, that was also Shutter. Mm-hmm. Okay. So there's hope yet. Yeah, certainly. That's something that I might like to. Uh, that I'm hoping I might be able to catch at the Maryland Film Festival. That's the kind of uh, sort of little indie comedy that uh, they like to program as sort of a, a pseudo-midnight movie. You know, Greener Grass last year. Uh-huh. The Little Hours a few years ago. Uh, so yeah, I'm gonna, uh, for my most anticipated movie coming out of the festival i'm going to award official an official tie and it's just the two movies i was most excited for going in (laughs) i remain jesse's confirmation bias corner yeah i remain extremely excited for them and those are uh shirley by josephine decker and the nest by sean durkin uh and i will say they both got slightly mixed receptions but both leaning very positive i think um surely especially i think there was a lot of fairly ecstatic praise a few people who were a little more skeptical um i think it it sounds like it has some uh queer themes which i was not expecting uh but is very cool uh to see Josephine Decker go for that. And then uh, The Nest, I think, has gotten a slightly muted reception uh, with a few exceptions. Uh, Mike D'Angelo specifically tweeted that he thought the reception was too muted, that he really liked it. Uh, 
David Sims, I believe, also. It's one of his favorite films of the festival. And yeah, I mean, that sounds like it's exactly what I was expecting. It's just like a great showcase for Carrie Coon. Uh, she right. has been getting most of the standout notices, uh, along with Jude Law, is supposed to be quite good in it. And it sounds like the film is somewhat balanced between uh, all the members of the family. I believe it's the two of them and their two children. Uh, yep. There's something about a horse that's, uh, if you like horses, might be a tough watch. Are we going to have another big horse year? Huh? Maybe. 2018 is was a big enough? horse year. I don't yes. know. I, is uh -huh. it just, are we on an every other year cycle now with the horse years? years? Maybe. Yeah, what was it? We had Lean on P, uh, a bunch of horses died in uh, Outlaw Thoroughbreds, King. the horse dies. Um, Thoroughbreds. The, uh, the Rider. Yes, um, the Rider. Of course, uh, yeah. the horse killingest movie of that year was Outlaw King, as I, yes. this was my initial Ooh. reaction to that movie. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, a lot of horses in 2018 dying, but uh, yeah. sorry. Yeah, I mean, I believe it seems like more like straight praise of the nest with like he's. I believe he said it's his, the second favorite thing he saw there, which is like, yes, he certainly liked That's a lot of movies there, recall. which is, yeah, right, good to hear. And yeah, I mean, yeah, it seems, yeah, the thing I think everyone can agree on, yeah, is that the acting is great, and then whether the rest of the yeah, movie yeah. works for you or not is like a little more questionable. Yeah. A lot of people yeah, are saying like, like it's, it's a little cold, but you know, I like a cold yeah. movie if the acting is good. Yeah, and I mean, like, I think sometimes, uh, perhaps even frequently, people saying movies are cold are just entirely off base. So, uh, we'll see. I remember uh, people leveling that criticism at Carol, and I don't know where that comes from. I get just that it takes place at winter. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Maybe the air conditioning cold. was too high in the theater. Mm-hmm. I mean, other more general thoughts of this stuff I'm excited about. I'm also excited, very excited about Minari, obviously. Mm, Palm yeah. Springs was a thing that was very... A lot of people seem to enjoy. Movie by... That stars Andy Samberg. Like... And Kristen yeah. Milioti. Yeah. Yes. A nice um, comedy and... was acquired... Was the biggest acquisition of the festival by like yes. a combination of Neon and Hulu for $17 million. Right. Which I guess speaks... And some confidence about it though if what was very expensively acquired last year is any indication maybe like won't make that back but who right. knows yeah well the hulu aspect is interesting to me um because hulu hasn't been a super huge festival player i don't think in the past like it's been much more about netflix and amazon uh in general especially as far as acquisitions go i think uh and you know they did do well, they 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 ensured that it had the record for highest sale ever by just tacking on sixty nine cents to the end of it, um, as a funny joke for us all to laugh at. Yeah, I want to know whose idea that was. I'll, uh, I'll, that I'll sounds give the benefit of the doubt and say it was Andy Samberg's <laughs> idea. Because I, I like it a lot less if it was a corporation's idea. <laughs> 69. Right. Mm -hmm. And yeah, uh, speaking of, yeah, speaking of distribution, uh, the two films I mentioned, The Nest and Shirley, are still seeking distribution. Hopefully Sorry. that will come by the end of the festival. 
if any of you out there got a couple of million dollars and a distribution wing out there, you know what to go Not get. Not talking to you, Megan Ellison. Uh, yeah. Well, speaking of Tuesday. Megan Ellison, uh, I believe we, we mentioned last week that uh, they had dropped Kajillionaire, uh, Miranda July's movie. Uh, that was picked up in another one of the larger de- or I think maybe is rumored to be about to be picked up I don't know that the deal is closed and I don't think we have a number but uh, by A24 so they will have uh, both Miranda July and Mike Mills's films this year uh, and that also got uh, a pretty positive reception um, it sounds like it is Still very twee, still very Miranda July, but I've also heard that it is very sad. Uh, fairly yeah, I mean, dark. like camera person with Kristen Johnson for uh, Dick Johnson is Dead, I did go back and try and, and watch her first movie, I believe, which is mm-hmm. Me and You and Everyone We Know. And I mean, I really enjoyed it. I get. I guess I get the tweeness. It is certainly pretty, like, weird and, like, a bunch of, like, arty white people just, like, talking about their problems. But it's also, like, much funnier and weirder than that. And it's, like... Right. If it's that, but with a better cast and, like, slightly more of a propulsion, I think I would love it. I mean, I'm very excited for Kajillionaire. Also got some pretty... Yes, that was uh, that was one that was one of the main bits of praise from uh, film comment is uh, I believe uh, Nick Rippold and Devika Garish were describing it to uh, I believe who whoever was the third person on that day who hadn't seen it and they were like oh yeah no this one is like an actual movie it's got like a plot <laughs> <laughs> though it still I sounds mean... like it. Um, what it does well, maybe, is that it she she is really excellent at kind of, like, setting up, like, a bit and, like, executing that bit, almost like a little sketch. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of that in me and you and everyone we know, where there's a couple of bits that come back and that are set up, and it's like, that movie is almost, like, has no plot, and it's just, like, a series of bits that, like happen throughout the movie but they are very funny i wasn't surprised i wasn't expecting to find that movie as funny as i thought it was and if right. this is anything and I like think, it I mean, yeah I, and i've seen i'm down for some weird future. richard jenkins i'm down yeah for some weird... i've seen it sounds like evan rachel wood is the standout of it uh gina rodriguez's character i've heard is maybe a little more thinly written uh, and that's perhaps one of the problems with the movie uh, makes it a little bit harder to really get emotionally invested. Uh, I've seen The Future, which is her other film, and that that one has a little more of, like, a clear plot uh, that, again, it's very strange. Uh, that's also a pretty sad movie. It's not, not a particularly optimistic movie about relationships, uh... One interesting thing is that this is her first movie that uh, doesn't star herself, which uh, in some ways I think is a little too bad. I think she's a really compelling performer, uh, both in the future and in uh, Madeline's Madeline, the previous Josephine yeah. Decker film. In which she's she very good in the and you and mother. everybody you know, mm-hmm. too, also. 
she yeah, she's a good actor though. I don't know. Maybe if stepping away from and being in front of the camera helps her focus on making a better movie. I don't know. Yeah, sure. Um, one of the more acclaimed things at the festival was "Never Rarely, Sometimes Always" by Eliza oh. Hitman. Seems yes. to have connected with people. Yeah, that is uh, a drama about a uh, a young woman, uh, I think a 17-year-old, who finds out she's pregnant and is not able to get an abortion in uh, the kind of rural Pennsylvania area where she lives. So her and her cousin uh, travel to New York City to go to uh, a Planned Parenthood there. Uh, and yeah, that that's certainly been one of the standouts. Uh, focus features went into the festival with that, uh, and they're releasing it in March, so people can see it pretty soon. It's yep. also going to be in competition at the Berlin Film Festival, which is exciting. Uh, that's like a, a, a cool second platform for that movie to have it'll be interesting to see how it's embraced there i think the uh the cinematographer who has a french name at least i think is uh very respected uh there the color chatron the uh new programmer at the uh berlin film festival uh specifically shouted her out helene lavar and yeah, uh, I've, I've heard that the scene in which the title comes from is uh, like a, a really a standout, really excellent a scene uh, in which they've got to, at the Planned Parenthood in New York, they've got to give her this uh, little questionnaire uh, about like her uh, sexual history and potential history of assault. And uh, that that that's really like a, a an excellent performance moment. Yeah. Oh yeah. I searched this uh, uh, cinematographer, and she seems to have a, like a great career. Like she worked with Alicia Roy Rocker and Happy as Lavaro oh. and oh, yeah, The yeah, Wonders. Yeah. She. Yeah, those are beautiful she, movies. She worked on Pina with Vin Vanders. Oh. The Beaches of Agnes okay. with Agnes Varda. So like a lot of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great looking film. So that and she is also more, did that is more Rats, Hitman's previous film. Yeah. Mm. So a lot of good looking movies. So excited to see what this one is. I mean, f- another focus features movie that was at Sundance is Promising Young Woman. Mm-hmm. Which yes. seemed seem to have a very varied and wide amount types of responses and yeah. reactions to what it was doing, which makes me intrigued to watch it. Right. I mean, yeah, I think... It, and that's one where it's like, they are definitely positioning it as a, it's a movie you gotta see because you gotta talk about it, because it's so much to talk about in it. Um, which, you know, I have sometimes found it an exhausting track for a movie to take, and sometimes found an exciting and engaging one. Uh, it's definitely uh, something that I am intrigued to see uh, lots of good uh, performers in that one. Uh, interested in very, especially very intrigued by what I've heard from uh, what Bo Burnham's character is as like a nice guy, quote unquote nice guy. Uh, so yeah, that that's that's definitely uh, something that I think will will have a lot of varied responses to it continuing moving forward. 
And that's another one that's going to be out soon, right? Yes. That's April. February? April, actually. April. According to Focus's website, which I am currently on. Okay, yeah. so that's April Focus 17. as well. Yeah. Okay. Interested to see where that goes. I like yeah. the people involved. Yeah, that's it. I, I would like to see Bo Burnham be good in that movie. I would like to see Carrie Mulligan be good in that movie. I like a... I don't know. It, it's like a type of thing that I'm very into. Like a revenge drama. Something a little more genre. Something a little more out there than that. And like maybe us four dudes aren't the best people to comment sure. on what <laughs> the value of what it's doing. But uh, I'm excited to watch it either way. Yep. Yeah. I'm, I'm certainly curious about it. Uh... One movie that we didn't talk about at all when we previewed the festival that I've heard really superlative things about is uh, Time, the Garrett Bradley film. Uh, she directed the short film Alone a few years ago, which won the uh, like the short short film uh, jury award and was on the Academy Award shortlist for uh, best documentary short. She was also the second unit director on Ava DuVernay's When They See Us. Uh, and this film, Time, is uh, a feature film, a documentary uh, about a woman who has been uh, fighting for 21 years to get her husband released from prison for uh, uh, a slightly... It, it, I believe it was a botched robbery that both of them were involved in. She, I think, was in jail for like a year uh, and then got out and uh, I think was pregnant in jail. Uh, but her husband is serving a 60-year sentence. Um, and yeah, she she's spent, uh, I think at the time the film starts has spent 21 years trying to get him out of jail uh and that so there's footage that bradley shot of that as well as uh home video footage that fox rich the subject of the film shot as like kind of a diary for her husband of like her children growing up their children growing up uh and the way that that's kind of mixed together i've heard is really excellent uh yeah, that's one that, on the Film Comment podcast, which I've mentioned, we tweeted it out. They've put out uh, an episode every day going over the films uh, that they've seen, uh, hosted by Nicholas Rippold. I'd really recommend that. They've probably still got a few more episodes to come. Uh, but every everyone, they've talked about that a couple of times, because everyone that they have on wants to talk about time. Uh, yeah. So that is something that I didn't really know anything about going in, that even though I don't watch a ton of documentaries, it's kind of a blind spot for me, not not necessarily something I'm proud of, but we've all got time constraints and we can't like everything, but this is one that seems like perhaps should be a priority, even if you're not as much a documentary person. Yeah, that sounds good. Another documentary that I saw some buzz about, it maybe premiered a little late after some critics had already left, so maybe some people won't talk about it, but is uh, Boy State. Yeah. Which is a documentary about Boy State, which seems to be a program in Texas to, to gather a bunch of students and young men to try and come up with like a mock government 
and just mm-hmm. like a documentary chronicling a year in that system and tr- seeing how that fake government replicates the same errors as real government and stuff like that, which seems, I guess, like very timely is a way to put it, very political, which I imagine help, probably helps it stay, get buzz and like stay in the consciousnesses. Yeah, that's and maybe supposed makes to a be, push uh, to, towards Oscar. Mm-hmm. Supposed to be very much in the kind of competition film mold, even though it's not exactly a competition. So it sort of has those like, has those characters that you follow. They're supposed to be kind of like a George Bush type kind of character, a Carl Rove kind of character, kind of those archetypes put into this uh, high school sort of mock government thing. I don't know if it has distribution. Uh, Apple and A24 is their partnership. Uh, picked it up, uh, I guess. Yeah. Ooh, uh, for twelve. Yes. For twelve million dollars. Wow, that's a big. Is, that is for a that is the largest documentary sale ever at uh, Sundance. Um, the previous was last year's uh, Knock Down the House for ten million. Uh, this uh, Hollywood Reporter article says that uh, both Hulu and Netflix were also in at a similar price level. So yeah, I mean, it, I guess that speaks to their confidence about how much, how much, how much buzz it could get. Mm-hmm. I mean, A twenty four picking up a doc is interesting. Have they done a lot of documentaries? They really haven't. I mean, there's uh, the De Palma doc by Noah Baumbach. Yeah. Hmm. But yeah, I mean, uh, Apple gives them the option to give it perhaps a more narrow uh, theatrical distribution than they do for most of their films. I assume that's yeah. going to kind of be the new DirecTV deal, though with a lot more prestige. Not that Apple TV in itself necessarily has any prestige, but they seem they do to have be money. going for They have money, and they seem to be attempting to build prestige anyway yeah um a couple other movies that uh i think the thing that i think most directly was like this is going to be in the oscar conversation uh was probably the father um the the florian zeller movie with uh, anthony hopkins and olivia coleman uh that's about like dementia uh definitely seems like a tough sit uh there were uh, i believe comparisons to a more uh, thrown about, uh, which um, you know, uh, Jesse doesn't care for that particular director. I don't know if yes. he found the subject matter equally distasteful of a more. Um, but uh, Anthony Hopkins really going for it. Uh, definitely something that I like to see sometimes. Um, the other thing, another thing that uh, does anyone else have anything to say about the father? Yeah, I mean. As soon yeah. as I heard a more, even though I haven't seen that particular Hanukkah movie, I was kind of out. Uh, sure. We'll see. I do like both of those actors. Yeah. We w- it um, was one of the two movies that was compared to Hideo Kojima's P.T., which, for those of you not familiar, was a small kind of demo horror game that Hideo Kojima created Metal Gear Solid made that is basically just like a repeating hallway full of horrors. So if oh. that is anything to 
compared to I just assumed that it being a movie about dementia it's a lot of like backwards and forwards and stuff repeating I'm trying to find out what the other movie that was compared to it was though um Down Relic home. Relic <laughs> is the other movie uh, which is a, which seems that was to in be... the midnight section right yeah which seems to be about a a woman played by Emily Mortimer trying to find out if her mother has disappeared. Her mother with dementia has disappeared or she's living in the woods or what's happening. She also compared that movie to The Babadook, which is interesting. She was really positive on it, which makes me more interested in it. Yeah. Any, Colin, you got anything else to point out? Um, Nine Days seems to be getting uh pretty not pretty mixed, but there's people who are very very high on it, yeah, and some people who are extremely polarized. Yeah. Yes. Um. But you know, it's uh got a good cast. People, even sort of the detractors, seem to be praising Winston Duke. Yeah. Um, I'd be interested to see it. It seems like it could be good. It's like a drama fantasy, sort of. Uh, sci-fi i think also elements of it um yeah you uh i may have mentioned before that it sounds like a shitty pete doctor ass premise so i guess i still lean towards expecting that but and like i a lot of the critics who are really positive on it not all of them are critics who i don't necessarily uh, respect quite as much, but you know that 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 is something that feels like, especially given the detractors could like really fall victim to the sort of Sundance hype monster, which I don't totally believe in. I think if you're like uh, curating the uh, critics that you're paying attention to. You can get a pretty idea, good idea of what's good and what's not, which is why I lean towards Nine Days being not. But th- th- there are interesting critics who like it, so we'll see. Should we talk some uh, about some of the stinkers? Well, before well, the stinkers, uh, yeah. another movie that uh, Allison Wilmore was seemed to be into that I've, I saw some other people be into, surprisingly, was... Uh, where is that movie? I'm trying to remember. Herself, the movie directed by Philip yes, Lloyd. I heard a lot of positive things mm. about it. Oh, yeah. Director of Mamma Mia, which is like surprising because she seems to be like a big, like sweeping, like either Oscar bit drama or like musical thing. So it's surprising that people, she's getting so much acclaim for what seems to be a more stripped down human drama. But I've heard a lot of good things about it. That's exciting. She's like, yeah, she's like a big, like, Shakespearean director on stage. Like, she'll do, like, big, ambitious Shakespearean shows. So, yeah, her mm-hmm. doing something more intimate that is connecting with some people uh, is definitely uh, exciting. Uh, and, you know, it would be great if she maybe started to go more in that direction and, and put out interesting work in that in that vein. Yeah, uh, a couple more documentaries I'll just briefly shout out. Um spaceship earth about biosphere 2 mostly news footage i heard that was pretty good uh crip camp 
again a lot of uh, archival footage uh, about a uh, basically a camp for disabled people in like the 60s that uh, was involved in the civil rights movement um yeah mucho mucho amor was a documentary i believe i talked about in the preview which is about walter mercado who's a famous puerto rican astrologer very famous in latin america and it seems to have gotten some praise i saw amy nicholson at vulture i believe she wrote for liked it uh yeah, I'm excited to see that. It seems a little more interesting than just like a normal like documentary mm-hmm. about his life. There might be a certain element of him being a, more of a recluse and disappearing later in his life. Feels good, man. Seems interesting. This is about a documentary about Matt Fury, the creator of Pepe the Frog, which is a comic that has been co-opted by a lot of alt-right people and yes. like. movie trying to understand his relationship to a thing that he created that is now horribly evil which sounds interesting yeah uh some happy happy Um, joy joy the documentary about uh the creation of renan the creator of renan stimpy seems interesting because it seems like a documentary that was initially being made to like praise it and praise renan stimpy and its creator then halfway through certain things were discovered around me too about the creator of Ren and Stimpy that may color him in a different light and it's interesting to see a documentary caught up in the middle of that and trying to reckon with both things yeah uh, right that one yeah that one I think is maybe they did not do so so successfully yeah, I it sort of threw them so. off is the, the, the impression that I'm getting review that I remember seeing of that was also not so great um, some kind of heaven the Lance Oppenheim film, uh, who is a 24-year-old who made a documentary about the elderly in Florida. Uh, that sounds, uh, like it, I think, kind of leans into that, uh, weird kind of view. It's the only documentary that's in sun that's in the uh, next section though i've heard it maybe has some kind of hybrid elements uh so that that sticks out as like something that uh might be a little bit different another film that i heard kind of in that same vein as uh happy happy joy joy of sort of starting out as a documentary about this kind of weird interesting figure uh it's about peter madsen a danish inventor who the filmmaker emma sullivan uh started making a documentary about and then about a year into making this documentary he murdered the swedish journalist kim wall so it becomes a film about just like this uh monster basically and reckoning with both her and all the people that were working with him reckoning with uh who he was so that 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 sounds really uh quite dark actually quite disturbing uh, yeah, that sounds good. I believe Bill Bilga Abiri, the critic for Vulture, he, he liked it a lot. And 
very interested too. Netflix has it, mm-hmm. so it'll come out on Netflix at some point. Okay, yeah. The Truffle Hunters, another documentary that I heard, I believe Sony Picture Classics picked that up. It's uh, uh, kind of in the vein of uh, last year's Honeyland, which is now not, uh, nominated for both Best International Film and Best uh, Documentary at the Oscars. That was about honey. This one is about truffles. It's got a lot of dogs in it old men and their dogs looking for truffles sounds nice and charming yeah maybe to jump into to like bridge the gap between the stuff that we've heard good things about and the more stinkers i heard some praise for the social dilemma but that sounds like some the kids be on their phones shit that is jerk offy so i'm not into it uh yeah though i don't know people seem to like movies about that about how times are changing Mm -hmm. anybody else has any thoughts on the social dilemma the film or i guess just the social dilemma the act the the concept yeah Uh, this entirely evaded my radar yeah it seems it's a movie yeah that seems yeah about like big tech and how it's like using your phone to track you and using uh, stuff like okay. that yeah how pe- pe- people's informations are commodities by them I don't know there seems to be some more interesting things that are being explored in it but I am genu- I'm generally skeptical about any movie involving social media because I am yet to see a good one uh huh not a fan of the circle Hmm. Can't say that I am. Neither the reality show or the Tom Hanks film. Though maybe the reality show is good. Uh, Colin, any further thoughts on anything? Uh, yeah. So I guess the biggest disappointment of the festival, maybe for me, uh, probably for other people as well, is that last thing he wanted seems to be just a giant mess. Yep. Um, it's people are saying that Netflix should have just dumped it. Um, it's coming out like February twenty first, so it seems like they're doing that pretty much yeah, anyway. I mean, like uh, the trailer came out, and I was go ahead, go ahead. Oh, so uh, the trailer came out, and I was pretty like thought it looks like pretty good. Uh, I like that sort of politically action thriller sort of realm that it seems to be operating in. Uh, and then everyone basically just said that it's a big mess and yeah. don't really understand like right. what was incoherent going on at all. was like the worst. Yeah. Like, cannot follow. Yeah. I mean, uh, sounds like is pretty much universal. Sounds like this year's Velvet Buzzsaw, perhaps. Well, <laughs> I, I won't get into Velvet Buzzsaw. <laughs> no, yeah, mount your defense for fun. Velvet Buzzsaw, Colin. <laughs> it's like it's not a perfect movie. Uh, I think I, I think Gyllenhaal's fun in it. I like it when he does his sort of weird, crazy, mm-hmm. big stuff. Uh, Billy Magnuson wears AirPods throughout the entire movie. I think uh, it's just a fun, goofy movie. Uh, nothing. It's not perfect, but I mean, I'm not gonna litigate Velvet Buzzsaw. <laughs> I mean, none of us have seen it, right? I don't think. No. 
I'd say it's worth your time. It's like 90 minutes, I think. Well, sure. perhaps instead I'll use that time to watch The Last Thing You Wanted next month. Maybe they were maybe they were just trying to split the uprights between Velvet Buzzsaw and like Triple Frontier and like get both of those things in one shot of just like a weird incoherent Sundance movie and some like political thrillery that people will watch on Netflix and feel like, "Oh, that's fine." Right. What are some other other stinkers? People seem to not like nobody seems to like Wendy the Ben Zeit the follow up to Beasts of the Southern Wild I've never watched Beasts of the Southern Wild so I have basically no opinion on it this seems in similar veins as somebody who's just watched a trailer for both of them yeah I've also never seen Beasts of the Southern Um, Wild but I've been hearing for a while that this is not very good and so yeah Uh, Falling the Viggo Mortensen movie uh has not officially premiered yet uh but uh seem to have screened for some critics at the <laughs> beginning of the week and sounds truly atrocious sounds like he has taken more cues perhaps from peter farrelly than from david cronenberg hey i'm falling here <laughs> folds a pizza Swallows it whole. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it would be People, good if, he, if he just ate larger and larger pizzas in all his movies going forward. People seem well before. Oh, before I get into what I was actually going to talk about, uh, people don't like yes. Uncle Frank either. Alan. Yeah, we did not mention that at all in the preview, and we were um, correct to do yes. so. Yeah, it seems like a real <laughs> turd. Somehow that's a Miramax maybe movie. Maybe Paul Bettany is pretty good in it. But other than that, yeah. Paul it does involve NYU, so, you know, I have interest uh, in that, I guess. Paul, Paul, Paul Bettany's always good, so it doesn't surprise me. Um, what I was going to say is somehow that's a Miramax well, movie? They may have Miramax produced it, but Amazon <laughs> picked it up for like $12 million, Bought which it, is yeah. just like, what the fuck are you doing, yeah. Amazon? That's Amazon wants to be in the Alan Ball business after... Here and yeah. now. <laughs> Never been a better time to invest in Alan Ball. I mean, the cast doesn't seem terrible. I like Paul Bettany. I like uh, Sophia Lillis. I like Steven Root is in it, apparently. I like some Steven Root. Margot Martindale. Seems like some good character actor shit. It just seems not good. Yeah. Also. Yeah. Um, what else do people not see? Uh, what I was going to talk about earlier is people see... I've heard mixed things about Tesla. Yeah. Yes, leaning I'll, on slightly this, negative. That one seems yes. wild. It's like he he has made big choices in making that movie. And I guess there's like a drunk history yes. influence in it. He, which uh, you know, Michael Armoreda specifically shouted that out as an influence. Uh, yeah. Uh, so it sounds like there is a lot of. It seems like something that would be fun to like go and figure out what your tweet about it would yeah. be like. What's 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 my like crazy tweet about this gonna be? A lot of people. I mean, a lot of people shouting out uh, Kyle McLaughlin's performance as Edison mm-hmm. as being a particularly wild and interesting part of it. I'm always down for yeah, Kyle McLaughlin. I heard that uh, Ethan Hawke is sort of like 
building a lot more of a character than he uh, tends to do in movies necessarily. Like, uh, he's got, like, a voice going on, which apparently is something that he does more in the theater, but uh, and that the movie does also have some sort of theatrical qualities. Um, a couple more, like, kind of mixed movies, uh, Lost Girls, the Liz Garbus movie, which is going to be out on Netflix in March, I saw, uh, premiered a little later in the festival, so didn't get as much attention, but, uh, Variety and Hollywood Reporter published sort of dueling reviews of that, uh, one pretty positive, one pretty negative, uh, but that's something I'm still kind of curious about just based on the cast uh, starring Amy Ryan also uh, Thomas and McKenzie is in it um, Four Good Days the Glenn Close Mila Kunis movie sounds not that good uh, Iron Bark also with Benedict Cumberbatch and Jesse Buckley sounds like kind of stayed Oscar bait but no one's gonna bite on yeah I barely, The Glorias was a very buzz movie coming in, so to, for me to hear so little of it coming out reads to me as people just like not liking it that yeah. much. I've heard some people not like it. I've heard some people be more like mixed, well, it's interesting type of praise, which is like, I think Julie Taymor gets a lot. I think like Across the Universe is certainly a movie that at the time people seemed to really hate, and now people are warming up to it it's weird eccentricity so maybe it's something like that but it's like disappointed to hear not like explicit praise for that one okay uh downhill is uh, uh one comedy that uh, has been mixed leaning negative uh it sounds like julia louis dreyfus is predictably pretty good in it and there's a few people who are fans of the movie but Otherwise, sounds kind of like what you'd expect from a American remake of Force Majeure. Uh, Horse Girl is another comedy that's kind of more mixed-leaning positive. That's directed by Jeff Banna, but uh, written by and starring Alison Brie, and it sounds like it's a very personal movie for her, and like starts out seeming like it's kind of like a traditional Sundance whatever comedy and then veers into something a lot darker as it goes on and that works for some people and doesn't for others. Uh, anything else anyone wants to go Both over? Both of those are out next month. No, I'm good mostly. Horse Girl. Yeah, I think I would like to watch her Horse Girl. Yes. Um, did we talk about the assistant at all? We didn't. That's that I mean, premiered yeah, at Telluride. That one. Uh, but yeah, right. it's resurfaced here for the first time, and like that sounds pretty good. I believe, uh, 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 incorrect state uh, in the corrections department. I believe I suggested that uh, Matthew McFadden was playing a Harvey Weinstein character as a supporting role in this it sounds like he is actually playing a kind of h just like a middle management hr type person and the harvey weinstein character is heard but not seen i'm not sure 
who does that voice. That yeah. one also be out released in February. by Bleecker Street, so should get a pretty wide release. And then did we mention Zola? Colin very briefly. Mentioned I said it at the just as like one of the ones yeah, that I'm that still sounds like into. a lot of fun. A twenty four has yet to date it. Yeah, but uh, yeah, th- another one where it's like it'll be fun to like figure out like what is my like letterboxed review or tweet out of this gonna be like while you're watching it. It's all that movies are to Andy content. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Opportunities for me to build my hashtag brand. The second you get one, you just turn the movie off. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I do sometimes sit through like half of a movie with like I can't forget this tweet in my head. Most of my best letterbox reviews person. are like that. Or like a thing I come up with in the first five minutes. And I'm like, God, I'm hoping this is bad so I can stand by this opinion. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. So. Yes, I believe, yeah. The the biggest movie that I had to do that for for me was uh, Tom Cruise's The Mummy. Uh, I, I came up Cruise's with the tweet like the partway through and then like had to. Cause it, and it involved a quote from the movie, and so I had to like just keep saying the quote in my movie from the movie over and over in my head throughout like the second half of the movie. <laughs> the Mummy by Tom Cruise. The audience members next to you thinking that the Mummy fully broke you as a person, just muttering the quote to yourself in silence. Yes. Yep. <laughs> anyway, uh, go do. seek out my uh, the Mummy review on Letterboxd. What's it at right now? <laughs> Maybe, maybe one like. Sounds like it was worth it. <laughs> um, should we uh, talk about our predictions from sure. the first episode? Let's do that to kind of wrap up. And then I've got one more movie that I've got an update on. But yeah, let's start with that. Uh, so, um,. You go ahead, Colin. For, for the uh, we did the predictions of what based on what information was out there at the time of what we thought would win the jury prize and what would win the audience award. Um, for jury, Andy and Jesse had their money on Minari, which seems like a safe bet. And still. to be clear, Andy um, was just copying. Me. Amelia went with. Yes, Jesse. Sure, it was yeah, Jesse's original idea, and then I said, yes. "Sure." <laughs> Um, Amelia went with never, rarely, sometimes, always, which also is like a safe bet. Mm-hmm. Um, I went, of course, with Save Yourselves, a movie that we did not talk about on either episode. I think I brought uh, it much up. Like the, the rest of the world, no one I looked seems up to some care tweets about. And they seemed pretty positive. Uh, but, you know, that's not something that a lot of like higher some... profile critics seem to have seen. But it might be like a charming little comedy. Yeah probably isn't gonna make any money might be another um, ifc midnight kind of thing um and then for audience uh jesse jesse and andy went with zola which is a- another smart choice uh seems like that one specifically audiences are into it's a fun movie um and i went with shirley <laughs> which <laughs> as we talked about seems to be getting uh praise but still <laughs> You know, brought up as a colder, you know, maybe more steely movie. Um, and Emilio did not pick for audience. 
So I don't care what the people think. I don't know if we want to. Do we want to try and update that now I'm that we know stick more? With Minari uh, and Zola is my primary predictions. I'm gonna say that my runner-ups in both categories to cover my base, or I'll say my runner-up for the jury prize is uh, never, rarely, sometimes, always, uh, is kind of the second most likely, and for the uh, audience prize, Palm Springs. I would not be surprised to see either of those things win either of those awards, but I'm going to stick to my guns for now. What is, el- is everything eligible for the... I be- No, the audience, audience prize, prize is also specifically for the U.S. Dramatic Competition. I think there might be audience prizes in other sections as well. I'm just going to go with nine days. As like the audience saying, I'm gonna stick with never, <laughs> rarely, sometimes, always, and Dre. Because then if I'm right, then I'm the smartest one of all. Haha. Would you like to distinguish Ha-ha. yourself in some way, Andy? Uh, <laughs> as far as the so just basing on only on the U.S. dramatic competition. Mm-hmm. Uh, um. I guess I don't know what's left. There's just stuff we haven't talked about at all. Um, I know. I'm, I'll just pick some things randomly off off a list. How about um, uh, the forty year old version? I was just about to shout that out uh, as for, something that like uh, I haven't heard much about. Okay. But it seems like the kind of thing that could uh, come out of nowhere and win either of those awards. Right. Seems pretty cr- yes. uh, crowd pleasing. Yes. Could have, sure. could have gone with Charm City Kings, which I hear features a pretty good performance by Meek Mill. I believe Sony acquired it. Sure. Lots of stuff out there. You know. Was that for jury or audience? <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> trying to pin me down. Um, I will say it's for jury. You could say both. All right. Jury. Yeah. Or yeah. How about yes. both? Can I make it both, Cullen? Is that or is that is that forty-year-old no. virgin <laughs> will win mind. every award that Sundance has to give it? Documentary. It's gonna win every award it's ever eligible for. Is what I'm gonna say. I'll still stick with my original predictions, um, but as my runners up. <laughs> This um, is just coward shit. Just change your relation. Don't give me runners <laughs> up. <laughs> no. Coward shit. I'm, my money is still on save yourself. Your it's coward shit to be like, well, these are this is what I actually think is gonna win, but I wanna keep the original thing just so I don't seem like a coward for changing them. No. Alright, I'm gonna officially change my That's, predictions to never rarely, sometimes always wins the uh the Jerry Prize and Palm Springs win the audience award. That's what's gonna happen. Book it. Well, that leaves Minari out on the board for people to grab. So maybe I'll grab that for. Yeah, now for, Andy can maybe just I'll grab that back for Jerry and then, uh, stick with four-year-old version for audience. <laughs> All right. Uh, so for my runners-up, I will go with. Um, I'll go with Minari and Jerry. <laughs> I'm not editing out the long pause that preceded that. Everyone has to know how long it took you to come up with that. (laughs) 
You can hear the gears grinding. <laughs> Cullen runs the numbers. All right. Well, before anyway, uh, to wrap up this week's uh, conversation on Sundance, I think next week we'll talk about what actually wins these awards. Uh, some more distribution deals, hopefully. But to wrap up this week's talk on Sundance, um, I just want to give an update on Best Picture and Direct... No, not Director. Just Best Picture winner Tom Car- Tom McCarthy's Timmy Failure uh, for Disney+. Plus. Yes. Uh, the- yes. Best, best screenplay, screenplay also. The titular Timmy Failure. Uh, his best friend is an imaginary polar bear. Looking forward to seeing if that polar bear talks and who might uh voice the polar bear if it does talk a couple couple people in the cast who seem like uh potential polar bear voices uh perhaps kyle bornheimer perhaps craig robinson who maybe is the most likely option is he does not uh that there's no character name on his credit on imdb but the most exciting possibility wallace sean plays mr crocus and god do i hope that mr crocus is the polar bear we certainly all find out when we watch that movie when it premieres on disney plus which we will all do all right, so next week we will dig into the Berlin, the full Berlin lineup, competition, encounters, forum, panorama, episodic. All that is out now. You can peruse it a little bit, but we will go in-depth on all those sections. Uh, I'm certainly not going to talk about every film, uh, especially in, like, encounters. A lot of those are debut films that we might not uh find much to say about but uh yeah i think that is going to be a lot of fun we'll wrap up sundance once and for well not once and for all we might in uh a couple of months we might uh come back to sundance and talk about some of the uh things that have been that were released soon afterwards uh and some of those will be on netflix so at least those we can all talk about Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Exciting uh-huh. times are coming. The Duh, movies. Movies. Now more than ever. All right. Goodbye, oh. everyone. Goodbye. Oh, Have a and great week, uh, uh, I will. Let's say our names <laughs> one more time in case you forgot from the beginning of the episode. Okay. And I'll also make sure that. At the very least, from our uh, show's Twitter page, which is at Can I Kick It, that uh, our Twitters are linked from there. I have not been able to fit them in the show notes yet, just because of space constraints. But uh, I'm Jesse Weber. I'm Andy Germuga. I'm Cullen Ashley. And I'm Emilio Diaz. All right. And we will now release our audience. That's a good outline. We should... (laughs) (laughs) How did we go an hour and 25 minutes?
I, I mean, mean, that could potentially be cut down to, like... We did talk about documentaries for, like, half okay. an hour in the middle of it. Yeah, we might cut it down to an hour, or I might leave a lot in. We'll see. We want to all stop recording. I'm going to stop recording, though. Okay. Uh...